yum nub. Reach out for yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name's Jamie and I spent my life defending the Republic. Can't stop now. And my name is Matt. I'm a person. My name is Anakin. Also Matt. <laughs> that was such clumsy dialogue. <laughs> I was I was putting together the show outline and I was like, oh, I should probably stick a quote on the end for myself. And I thought about looking up a quote of Gregor, but I had a... I had a picture of little kid Anakin from episode one on my screen for a different reason. I was like, nah, I'll just do that. So Let's try spinning. That's a good trick. Now, now you're taking next week's quote. <laughs> okay. So um, we are going to be talking about uh, Bad Batch season one, episode 14, War Mantle, which debuted today, which is July 30th, 2021. So, but before we get into it, um, Matt, did you do anything Star Wars related this week? Um, yeah, I started the new High Republic audiobook, Out of the Shadows, by mm-hmm. just Justina Ireland. It's, it's sort of it's not it's like the follow up to Rising Storm, the Kevin Scott book. I'm I'm not too far into it. I just haven't had a lot of time this week for Star Wars. I'm maybe a third into it. It's good. Like all High Republic books, there's a lot of moving parts, and I'm sort of waiting for them all to come together. There's like three different plot lines happening, and they're completely disconnected, but all of those books so far have sort of started out that way. There's multiple stories, and they all intersect in interesting ways in the end, so I'm looking forward, right looking forward to it catching up. I also um, watched a couple episodes of The Bad Batch with the boys, because they were falling, they had fallen behind in the show a little bit, and I've just been poking around a lot of online articles about um, Thrawn and and some of the upcoming Star Wars stuff. Nothing too interesting to report this week, but I've just been more involved in Star Wars media than I normally am. Um, Have you had time to do anything? I know you've been sort of laid up a little bit this week. I had surgery, which is, you know, um, just means I'm not super mobile. So I spent the time uh, catching up on some of the uh, Darth Vader and High Republic comics. I did get the audiobook for the the new um, High Republic book, but I normally uh, listen to it, uh, the books when I run or when I walk the dog, and I haven't been able to do either. So I'm just kind of saving it. Uh, and I was considering getting the, the Whisper Sync on uh, Amazon. That's pretty. Um, that's a pretty nice feature, but... I guess since it's like brand new, they pretty much want me to buy the whole book again. So I'm, you know, not going to do that. So yeah. Well, so well, uh, I, I look forward to you starting the book because I think I'll probably finish it this weekend because I've got a lot of downtime this weekend. I mean, I've got I've got the kids, but my wife is putting on um, one of her concerts, one of her outdoor events, and so I'll be basically single parent all all Saturday. And once the kids go to bed, I'll have probably four or five hours to myself, and I'll just clean the house listening to the audiobook. But look forward to you hearing it, because I think you're going to enjoy what they do. At least, so far, I do. Yeah. I also watched, like, this morning, after um, after watching The Bad Batch, because, like, because of the surgery, I've been going to bed early and been getting up early. So I, I watched The Bad Batch, and I couldn't uh, fall back asleep. So I watched the, uh, the Yoda arc of... Um, the Clone Wars, where he you know learns more about the Force. That's just another example of like just like how how much I enjoyed the like the writing and the overall story of like how useless the Jedi are and they're they're meant to fail because they had to fail. I mean, obviously we were all 
you know, we would never have the stories, but just how badly they were screwed. Yeah, that's the one where he goes to the planet with like the specters on it with the 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 masks, like the mm-hmm. five of them. I love that arc. That's one of my that's one of my all time favorites. And and you're right because it really shows it really shows that how little of the force the the Jedi were interacting with. Sort of like that bound in a nutshell, counting yourself the king of infinite space line, right there. They think they're masters of the universe and they're pawns. It's it's really entertaining. All throughout, you know, like Yoda's hearing visions of. Or not, you're not hearing visions. He's hearing Qui Gon, and he's just like. But they're all like, no, no, it, that can't be it because we know everything about the Force, and that's, you know, that's not uh, that's not possible. So, you're obviously crazy. Yeah, it's 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 wild how quickly how dismissive they are of him, and what's going on to him, and they just think like he's losing his mind. It's really it really shows how how ignorant they are of their own. Um, theology, basically. How they don't understand the thing that they're interacting with. Man, now I want to watch that episode. Yeah, there's also something that um, was brought up there. Well, in those that episode arc, there's a, one of Yoda's trials is that he's just given this peaceful like existence where like nothing bad has happened. You know, Dooku is still a, a Jedi. Qui-Gon Jinn is alive. Anakin's alive. Ahsoka is still with the order and dooku like mentions talking to talking to obi-wan and um obi-wan and qui-gon about the time that they that they battled a terran tatek on kashik oh shit awesome i had not watched that since i had read dooku it's now it's not it's not the same okay so i thought it was the same it's not the same because it's a it's a tirataka is the is the one from because I was like, holy cow, is it, you know, it's the same, but it's not exactly the same. But where Terran Tatek sounds familiar, it's from it's from Knights of the Old Republic. Apparently, and also in the Old Republic games as well. It's these big, massive things you have to fight, and you fight one of them on Kashyyyk. Awesome. Well, that's still that's still cool. Um, I, mm-hmm. I got the reference wrong, but um, wow, yeah, I've not I've not gone back with like the lens that we do these shows with. Um, for that series, that's a great, great find. It's a great, great pull. Yeah, and just the, uh, just everything about it, just like the whole Darth Bane bit, where like he, because it's interesting looking at it now, knowing what we know from the Rise of Skywalker, like how like Sith ascension works. I mean, yeah, he kind of confirms it that he says the reason that he's remembered and no other Sith lords are is because he's the one who solidified the Sith power by just only being two and so there's you know the one will always you know the the apprentice will always outgrow the master whose apprentice will then have to take you know become that much more powerful to take them out and meanwhile they take in all the the knowledge and and power of the previous one so like sith power is like factorial right it's like additive Every mm-hmm. every one before is multiplied by the one previous to it. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. I recommend I recommend watching it again um, for you listeners. Definitely go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's in the last, or uh, not sorry, not the last season. It's season six, which was the old last season. It's the last, let's say, last three or four episodes, mm-hmm. and, and it's great. It's you know, it's purely just Yoda learning about the Force, you know, in ways that you know I never really 
that they'd never really touched on except other than the like the the, the mortis arc we'll get to clone wars eventually we need to figure out how we're going to schedule this this um reviews now that they're producing new cartoons but yeah everybody i highly recommend yeah i highly recommend that that arc if you like force stuff um the force religions is thoroughly explained in in clone wars and the other cartoons much better than the movies do yeah just from the point of view of the jedi yeah the movies is just kind of woo woo granted i don't don't think that they want to um they they don't want to dive too deep into it because they might lose you know people but they're doing plenty of other things to kind of annoy people so i mean why not no i I like that we have these long-form shows now that can explore things like how the mandalorians work and how the how the force works and i think we can i think if we stay on the trajectory that we're on now we're going to get a lot of universe building in these shows um and i'm i'm all for it the movies there's plenty of fans that only watch the movies but obviously that's not us yeah (laughs) (laughs) to the to the detriment of our uh you know uh social lives and our social standing in society (laughs) Yeah, I don't care about those things. I'm too I'm too old to care about those things. Um, do you want to move on to sort of the intro to the show? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about the show. You know, first, um, I mean, do you want to do you know talk about who is written and directed by? Since you normally. Yep, I've got a couple things. I've got a couple things okay. for that. As always, we try to start out by highlighting a couple of. Um, people in the cast or in the production crew for the episode, and today's no different. Um, today's writ- today's episode was written by uh, Damani Johnson, and it was directed by Stuart Lee. We've talked a lot about Stuart Lee in the past, but Damani is a new writer for us. She has never written for Star Wars before, and this is her first episode. And I was really excited about that, and so I did some research on her, and was pretty blown away. Um, so Damani Johnson has a ton of credits, but not very many as an actor or even very many as a writer. Um, her primary credit as a writer was for a show called Major Crimes, which was a spin-off police procedural or a police procedural that spun off of the show The Closer, which was a popular show maybe like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. Those are shows that I'm aware existed, but never actually seen. Yeah, but here, here's where it gets interesting, right? So this is obviously sort of like her. This is sort of like her paycheck job, or what what got her noticed, because after Major Crimes, she becomes a producer on Major Crimes as a writer. She becomes a producer, assistant producer, and then producer. Um, and then after that, her credits for writing sort of disappear mostly, and she becomes an executive producer. And so currently, she's the co-executive pr- producer for Star Trek Picard, and she has multiple. Really? Yep, she has multiple series in development too. Um, I think she's punching down. I think she's a Star Wars fan and said, "I really want to write for Star Wars," and she came down and grabbed an episode, which, spoiler alert, is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah well, ha- what's that? Have you watched Picard? Picard is great. Actually, I I love Star Trek, but I have not watched Picard yet um, because it was behind a paywall, and I 
and I told myself I wouldn't subscribe to another paywall thing, but I will. I, I have to watch it now. They're coming back for a second season. Yeah. Well, my my father-in-law is a is a Trekkie, and he he bought CBS All Access, which is now Paramount Plus, and um, so I just you know you know I I watched it through his through his um, account. It was great. It there's a lot of people that didn't like it because you know there's you know. People are saying "fuck" in Star Trek. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, it's, it's grittier, uh, it's edgier. Um, mm-hmm. No, I want to watch it, but I, but I was fascinated when I started reading her, her resume on IMDb.com, and it goes. It's not super long. It's not like a. It's not like one of those actor. We're gonna get to another actress or an actor um, in a second who has a super long IMDb DB, IMDb page with just hundreds of credits. But if you go digging in um, Damani Johnson's background, um, in 19, she has one acting credit. And it's from 1984 um, for a show starring Mr. T called... It's it's not a show. It's sort of a educational, inspirational uh, video called Be Somebody or Be Somebody's Fool. Where Mr. T teaches self-esteem to kids through rapping and breakdancing. This is the theme song that I found on YouTube. Um, But, and the only reason why I'm bringing it up, not, not to, I'm not making fun of her at all, because I was looking into this show and the credits from this show are also super weird um, because it stars one of the co-stars of the show. It's all kids. Right, it's like Mickey Mouse Club sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. um, one of them is Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> <laughs> like wow, a, like a ten-year-old, like a ten-year-old Fergie. <laughs> so I thought that was funny enough to bring up. Um, so welcome to Star Wars, and uh, thank you for writing this episode. Yeah, no, if we could just get Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. This is the this is the A team um, in Star Wars, right? And so there's your Mr. T connection finally. Oh my God, we've broken the code. <laughs> this is what they were trying to explain to us through all these different code drops, and, but we figured it out, Matt. Yeah, we've we cracked figured it. it out. We cracked it. Um, you know, you can hire us, um, Lucasfilm, <laughs> since since that was obviously the shibboleth. Um, yeah. So the other person I want to talk about just real quick is um, the actor who plays Nala Say, the female Kaminoan. And I, I wanted to bring her up because I think we're running out of Kaminoan episodes. Um, yes. Pretty fast. <laughs> and her name is Gwendolyn Yao. And um, she's been in a bunch of Star Wars. Um, mostly as Nala Say, but other things too, other characters too. She's been in Clone Wars, Resistance, now Bad Batch. Um, but she's one of these actors that just has a ton of credits. She's she's had guest appearances on Grey's Anatomy and CIS, Criminal Minds, Desperate Housewives. She's done a ton of voiceover work on video games and other cartoons like Ben 10. She was in Batman, The Dark Knight Returns, and about a dozen different X-Men cartoons over the past 10 years. Um, so she, she works a lot. And I love... Um, Nala Say and all of the characters she's played on Star Wars. And so uh, if you get a chance, go ahead and look her up. 
as well. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for the cast and crew today. Um, do you want to move on to the review of the show? So the show opens up on an unknown planet in a forest. It's this planet, um, it's like it's plains, except it's got like, um, you know, the Devil's Tower. It's, it's. I think it's in South Dakota. Yeah. It's like it's got a bunch of those all over, um, all over the planet. It's like these. They're like, they're like mountains that just kind of go straight up, but then plateau. So the show ends, opens up on this planet with these kind of these weird devil's towers. Um, a clone trooper is running from um, these dog type things called uh, massifs. Massifs. They're, um, I guess it's a take on um, mastiffs. They've, um, they've been in Clone Wars a bunch. But the thing that I recognize them for was that these are the dogs that the Tusken Raiders had that uh, Din Djarin, uh befriended. And one was just kind of wagging his little butt, like a like a like a little pit bull that has a you know a dog's tail. Yeah, they're they're also the first time you see them with the Tusken Raiders is an attack of the clones. The village has a bunch of them tied up. Um, so yeah, this is this is a dog. This is an animal I closely associate with the the Tusken Raiders too. Mm-hmm. Is it racist to call them sand people? <laughs> I don't know. Only if you don't like sand. Because I don't. It's coarse and gets everywhere. So the clone cups out of... Ugh. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. The clone comes up on a cliff and changes directions. The dogs are being led by other troopers and are let go. You never actually see the troopers. You only see them from kind of from the waist down. The clone being pursued leaves a beacon on a rock and run as is stunned and captured. Now it takes a couple of stuns for him to finally be captured. So, so real quick, I, I just love this opening scene. Um, the they're sort of the the planet is sort of covered in like these evergreen trees, right? It sort of looks like a forest and like like someplace in like the Pacific Northwest, right? And there's like flashlights going through the forest. I got like heavy ET kids running from NASA ET vibes from this opener and I just love every piece of it. And when they shoot him in like the leg and his like leg goes numb and he keeps going, I thought that was a great little detail. Yeah. Yeah. And he's wearing, um, he's wearing, I didn't really think about it. I just noticed it, but it, it didn't really click is that his, his armor is a little bit different because he's not wearing the full armor. He's, he doesn't have a helmet on. But his armor has more of like a big, like like a V-neck. Like think of like the V-neck shirts that were po- maybe they're still popular, where it's just like goes down to like to where you can see the chest hair. But instead, he's just got like the the under the you know the body glove you know um, underneath. But uh, the the white chest plate looks weird. It's not your typical clone chest plate. So they flash uh, now to the the Havoc Marauder. Uh, Omega is uh, working on Gonky. And Echo says Rex is hailing them. Captain Rex asks the Bad Batch to go rescue the clone trooper. Rex is light on details and just asks the Bad Batch to go pick up the clone. And he immediately looks like it looks like he's on the run because he immediately just kind of like goes off, you know, cuts the call. And he's running and he's wearing the cloak that he was wearing before. I really hope we figure out why Rex was so, so nervous on that call. Yeah. So, Tech traces the distress call to a planet in the outer rim called Darrow. 
The clone is CC5576. Now, tech says that there's no known settlements or installations. Hunter doesn't want to go on the mission. Echo trusts Rex and wants to go on the mission. Tech wants to complete their current mission for Sid so they can get paid. Omega says that they should help the clone if he's in trouble. Wrecker agrees with all of them. Hunter sides with Echo and Omega, and they decide to go on the mission. Now, there's an interesting back and forth. Well, first, like, you know, like, well, we've got to do this. This is, you know, Rex's friend. I, you know, you know, I trust Rex. And like, then Tech's like, well, we won't, we won't get paid, and we can't eat food. And then Wrecker's like, oh yeah, but then Omega, who is kind of the, I want to say that she's the, maybe not the voice of reason, but the, she's Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, she's the um, she's their she's their conscious saying that you know like it's that they should help him if he's in trouble. You good guys or you just guys who are just making money. Meanwhile, on Camino, Crosshair tells Rampart that they're ahead of schedule. Not exactly sure for what, but it looks like there's a you know massive Imperial presence. There's uh, <clears throat> when they first show Camino, you can see two Venator class uh, star destroyers um, in the atmosphere. And it looks like there's, um, you know, maybe that they're, you know, moving troops or or something. Yeah, there's some sort of shuttle. And that first, I love that shot with the two star destroyers right over the um, city, whatever it's called, Tapioca City. Um, <laughs> but there's like a little shuttle that's flying up to one of the star destroyers or cruisers, I guess is what they're called now. But but there's like a shuttle flying from the city up to the thing, so they're clearly loading something up. Yeah. And Crosshair asks Rampart about the Camino winds. Rampart says they had their orders and to watch them closely. Now we go to a a hallway inside Camino. You find out that the clones are being moved off Camino. Like Nalase is walking with a like a group of uh, six uh, young clone troopers, you know, who are concerned being moved off of uh, Camino because it's against their regulations, and like. And they're just wondering, are, are we are we still going to be soldiers? Which is a very good question. The, you know, Nalase says yes, but gotta wonder. The Kaminoans meet in private. The Prime Minister Lamassu says the Empire canceled all their contracts. Nalase thinks that they will find other work because everybody's heard of the, the work that they did with the clones. Lamassu says that it's far more likely the Empire will just kill them. You know, this is key here. This is something that we've talked about and something you have to have wondered about the Kaminoans. Like, the Empire is not the Republic. You know, they've... He he admits that they've empowered them to their own detriment. And for a while, you know, we thought that, you know, like maybe that there was some sort of... Um, I don't know that they had some sort of backup plan, but it, you know, so far it doesn't seem like they do. Yeah, it sure doesn't look like they have a backup plan. It it, it looks like they really fucked themselves um, hard. I love this little conversation because the Kamen- the Kaminoans are always super calm, and they're in, they're mm-hmm. calm in this conversation as well. Like Nala say and Lama Su are just talking. And um, Lama Su's just like, we have to get out of here. Like, it's time to go. Um, yeah. So start making preparations to get out. Because he's, he's, finally, he's finally sort of reading the writing on the wall, right? He's like, mm-hmm. these guys are about to fuck us up. And, yeah. and Rampart is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> and, he, and their city is filled with soldiers that aren't loyal to them. 
like we talked about this maybe like five or six episodes ago. This is incredibly dangerous um, situation for them. You know, I, I had mentioned like before, like and like in RoboCop, you know, OCP made sure that RoboCop couldn't ever, you know, arrest anybody from OCP. That that, that they would have that they didn't think to put some sort of failsafe into place because they knew what was going to go, what was going to happen. Secrecy with the you know, Order 66, you know, the inhibitor chips, they knew something bad was going to go down. Did they, yeah. you know, We're, did they just not, you know, are they just so naive? You know, they're just, you know, scientists first, scientists and business, you know, men first that they just don't think that they, they don't see what's really going to happen. Yeah, I think we're going to, I think post wrap up when after everything that happens in this episode happens I have a lot of stuff to talk about this this area um, I think this this episode really blows blows the fate of Omega wide open in in a really fundamental way and it's not addressed at all in the episode but I think it's after my second viewing I was like uh, this really changes the whole trajectory of the show mm-hmm. and there their incompetence here is like if you, if you want to talk about in universe these this group of beings is brilliant what they've been able to manufacture what they've been able to accomplish is impressive even in their universe they couldn't be more short-sighted to be oh, yeah. blindsided by like we built an army with a switch in their head to make them basically mindless automatons whoever controls that switch, and then they handed that switch over to an organization run by psychopaths. It's crazy that they didn't have a fail-safe switch to turn it off, but I guess this is this is the story they're telling, and I'm on board, and we'll get to what happens later in the episode, the consequence of this, which is immediate. You know, it makes me think of um, the brown shirts. Like, how soon were, you know... They were, you know, they were cast aside the second, you know, the exactly. Nazi power, Nazi power was solidified because they were a threat. Yeah, it's, because it's like, the whole, it's the whole axiom. Like when they came for me, there was no one to defend me, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what's happening in the Kaminoans, right? They facilitated a fascist regime coming to power, and then the fascist regime regime immediately turned on them. Yeah, as they're known to do. But okay, so anyways, we digress. So. Lamasu tells Nalase to gather materials and essential people uh, to prepare to evacuate. Back on Daro, the Bad Batch show up, and it's a pretty pretty planet. And they uh, they land and get to the area where they um, where they find the clone was chased. And Hunter, using his skills, figures out that the clone was was captured and dragged off, and then realizes that. You know, that there's something more to the mountain that they're near than than what it looks like, and and Tex says that yeah, it's his. Uh, there's something blocking his scanners, and so they're like, well, there's only one way to find out, really, and that's to climb the mountain. Now he sends he sends Wrecker and Omega back. Omega, you know, is like, you know, she doesn't want to go, but he's just like, this isn't up for debate. You know, you guys are our backup. So at, at least you know, it's not just you know, you're going back because you're a kid. Like, no, you're back up. So, no, I, I found I found this whole thing a very tactical. I mm-hmm. I really appreciated this little exchange, 
and it gave like not to give away the rest of the episode it gave her a lot to do right it seemed it seemed maybe from previous episodes it seems like he was like benching her but he sends wrecker his like his fighter right for like a like a role-playing game like yeah, his his tank, tank. He sent his yeah. tank back and Omega, but he, they needed this this like release valve in case they got in over their head and needed to be pulled out of there. It's very tactical. It's very smart, and it gives her a, an incredibly critical role in the mission, even if she doesn't see it immediately. Yeah. So you know, so while they go back to the base, the the Bad Batch scale the mountain and. This is just a few shots, and I have to wonder how Echo did this with one hand. But it, it just always confuses me. Like in a, in a world where you can have a robot arm, why didn't he just have a robot arm installed? But um, that's an interesting idea. He could have like an interchangeable arm. I know he's got like the data port sort of yeah. arm, but he could like pop it off and and hack a door. That's yeah. That's I a great I point. mentioned I mentioned RoboCop before. RoboCop just like he just closes his fist and then like a data spike comes out. You know, it's a whole part of the movie where, you know, he kills the bad guy at the end. Spoiler for a movie that came out a super long time ago. 40 years ago. <laughs> oh, 40, you know, 35. not quite 40, but yeah, it's close enough. Man, I'm old. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's like Peter Parker's like, you ever see that old movie Aliens? It's like, <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, you know, so they climb the mountain and they find a huge military base. It's pretty much the entire mountain has been carved out, and it looks like it's just a big pit. I fucking love the shot. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It was gorgeous. I was like the shots of um, Daro in general are cinematic, right? The the shots of like the Devil's Peaks. Like looks like a giant dropped a bunch of rocks, um, but spread out, and like the the forest, the chase reminded me of ET, and then this this base. When I when I was watching it this morning, I was just blown away with this shot. And I'm like, holy shit! It sort of reminded me of that base in that Mandalorian episode that they break into. Um, oh yeah, it sort of reminded me of that. But the more I looked at it, the less it. The less it reminded me of that, but it was it was still like this. It's so fucking beautiful. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't get over just how gorgeous this episode was, just from like a yeah. camera work point of view. And this base is just perfect for what they what they have it for. Yeah, it reminds me of what um, you see in Coruscant, where where ships fly down to the uh, different levels. Yes, because it, it's massive and. Looks like like huge ships could go in there, because when when they get there, you know a um, a lambda class shuttle flies by, you know, and they have to hide. And they uh, the team recon the base the best they can, and they see squads of clone troopers in new armor and some clone commandos. Now this is like where like like we had theorized what War Mantle was, and I, I think we're pretty much right. You know they realize what they're up against, and Hunter decides to go back to the ship to inform Rex of his military of this military base. Echo Tech and Hunter argue about not attempting to rescue the clone for a few minutes, and Echo convinces them that you know that they didn't have any uh, intel on Skeko Minor, and they still rescued Echo. You know, and he says, you know, I'd still be there today if you guys hadn't gone in. They owe it to this trooper that if he's being held with, 
against his will that they should go save him. And before they go in, they check in with Wrecker and Omega, and Omega tells them that they'll be back up and to stay alert. And now I will hand it off to you. Yeah, before we go on, I want to point out um, a musical cue that I noticed and then I did some research on today. When they show the battalion or the squads of what they initially describe as clone troopers with different uniforms, they play one of the motifs from the 1977 Star Wars uh, movie called that is labeled in various soundtracks as the Imperial theme. And it's a theme that isn't repeated in any other Lucas um, property. Oh. It's, but it's it's re- revived in in um, Rogue One. They use it in Rogue One when the stormtroopers, when the death troopers are walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm playing it underneath this, but it's that da 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 da. That's the little motif. And when and when the stormtroopers show up for the first time, this plays in the background of that scene. Mm-hmm. And. I immediately just went to a soundtrack and just started researching that motif and found and found that it was dropped in future Star Wars made by Lucas. Um, so it wasn't in Empire or Return of the Jedi. It's only in A New Hope. Um, but then they brought it back in the Disney era for some of the other shows or some of the other movies. But I love that musical cue. I was that kind of that kind of stuff really gets me excited. Um, so sorry I didn't nerd out for a second, but that, yeah, no problem. Yeah, that little piece to me is that shit is peak Star Wars to me. It's like it's not in your face. It is a tiny, tiny, subtle reference, and it probably blew by most people. But I wanted to highlight it here just just to show the brilliance of of the music meeting the art meeting the writing here. It's just so perfect to me. Um, so Tech and Echo put together sort of an infiltration plan to get inside the base real quick. They're looking at the base and they're like, oh, there's all these um, sort of lifts moving up and down this pit. I don't know if we described it, but, oh, you sort of said it was like the pits on Coruscant. Yeah, so it's like a mm-hmm. hollowed out mountain. But there's all these lifts that run up and down sort of the circumference of this pit so they jump on the top of a lift and they ride it down to a platform they jump over to the platform to get inside the base sorry echo is confident that he can interface with the computers to keep them hidden and find the clone prisoner even though the encryption is new so he comments immediately that it's sort of a new system but he thinks he can use it the computer tells echo that there are 50 clone commanders on the base but there are a thousand tk troopers as well and they don't know what TK stands for. The clone troopers have designations like CC and CT, um, and they don't know what TK stands for. Yeah. Um, we At this point, if you didn't know what was going on, um, you probably should have. <laughs> uh, because there's TK is some of the call signs for some of the stormtroopers on the Death Star in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. TK-421 being the most famous. Yeah. What's wrong with your radio? <laughs> it's why fine. Why, Everything's fine. Yeah. Why aren't you on your? Why, why aren't you at your post? So they're they're in the computer system. And they find the cell where the clone trooper is being held, and they head off. It's four levels down. 
inside the mm-hmm. cell block. We cut to the cell block, and there's a clone. There's a clone in a cell, and he's sort of sass talking a stormtrooper. And this is really the first time we get to see what what this trooper looks like. Um, he calls him like new meat or whatever he calls him, and he's sort of newbie. What's yeah. it called? Oh, I can't remember. It might be newbie. It's something like newbie. It's not important. And and the stormtrooper doesn't say, or the trooper doesn't say anything. I'm going to start saying stormtrooper, and I apologize. Um, but this is the first time we get a look at it. And if you, this is great because the design of the storm of the stormtroopers or the troopers armor is the 1975 concept art from Macquarie about stormtroopers. Oh, is it? Yep. Um, Yep, I saw someone tweet it on Twitter today, and I looked it up in my Macquarie book, and it is almost identical to the first design that he put out in 1975 for the Stormtrooper armor. Oh, you're right, because I noticed it, it was very similar, it had a very similar look to the um, the Stormtrooper cadet helmet yep. in Rebels. Yeah, which, you know, go ahead. Yeah, Rebels was based heavily off of um, Macquarie's art. Well, that's wild. Once again, it's a beautiful, subtle um, visual reference and respect for the original art. I, I love this. I loved it. All right. So the Bad Batch show up. You sort of hear it off, off camera, but hear them come in the room. The trooper turns to address them, and they're completely, and he's completely incapacitated within seconds. Um, the Bad Batch come into the cell. They introduce themselves. They say they're a friend of Rex, and the clone trooper introduces himself as Gregor. Everyone heads out. Let's talk about Gregor. Yeah, this is this is this is great because it um, was definitely wondering, you know, like if you know if, if he would show up because you know he's one of uh, Rex's friends that he's uh, hanging out with uh, during the Rebels time. I think we talked about this three weeks ago. I said is in one of our discussions. I said. Are we going to find out like how Rex and Gregor meet back up? And this is it, mm-hmm. at least part of it. Um, I was super excited. Um, so we've been doing this thing on our Twitter feed just about every day where I I highlight a cartoon character from one of the series. And two days before this came out, I highlighted Gascon, the little frog guy from um, Clone Wars, who was in charge of D-Squad. Um, the droid squad, you know which I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought that that was, I thought that that was wild that you did that because of you know when I watched it today, I was like, oh wow, you know. It's purely a coincidence, but that that's Gregor's arc in Clone Wars. Like they, Gascon finds Gregor working in that diner, and he puts on his clone commando uniform and helps them escape from that planet. Um, and so it's just a good coincidence for us. Not that anyone follows our Twitter feed, but we're really on the ball, so you should <laughs> at Yubcast. Yeah. Um, so the Bad Batch and Gregor go to escape from the facility, and they're sort of working their way through the facility, but they're they find that they're blocked, and they have to find a new way out from the way they came. Um, Gregor and the Bad Batch catch up about who they are and what's going on at the facility. Gregor says that he's an instructor. And while he's explaining what exactly is happening at the facility, um, Tech accidentally triggers a security alarm because he was trying to hack into their system. 
And Gregor says, well, you can't use the old codes, dipshit, because this is a new a new system. And so yeah. now the whole base is alerted to their presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. It's great. I know people love tech, but once again, I, I sort of love that tech is... Uh, almost comedic relief at this point, yeah. where he's just like, like he can't quite get it right. Mm-hmm. Base is now alerted to their um, presence, and um, the rest of the show is the Bad Batch firing their stun, firing their blasters on stun a lot. Um, so they, a group of troopers show up and they stun them, and then they realize that the TK troopers are not clones but regular people. And then Gregor's like, "Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I was trying to tell you. I'm. I'm. I was hired to train these people to be soldiers." Um, and he sort of, as they're running, um, he's sort of explaining the program. The whole group is on the run, and they're stunning everybody. There's probably 400 shots from the blasters yeah. in this in this in the remainder remaining like eight minutes of this show. They're just going off constantly, and Gregor is telling them like what turns to make in the base to get out, and he points out that he's escaped before. It's really under duress. This this is about the highest stress situation you can be in, because the clone because the TK troops and the clone commanders are not using stun. They're shooting mm-hmm. to kill. Gregor says at one point that he didn't teach teach the troops everything because that wouldn't be smart. Sort of laying the groundwork <laughs> that they're not good soldiers. Yeah, they're, and they're not good shots. Yeah, and he tells them that the in order to get out, they have to go up. And that up is out in this base, so it makes sense because that's how they got in. And so the Bad Batch sort of stun some troopers and get on a lift and go up to escape. Hunter is, in, Hunter is confused based on some of the things that Gregor said. Gregor, said, Gregor has told Hunter that these are their replacements, meaning the clones' replacements. He asks, why are they why are they being replaced? And Gregor says that the program is basically that the clone troopers were loyal to the Republic, but the Republic doesn't exist anymore. And conscripts are basically an infinite source of troops for way cheaper. Oh, and yeah. They can just keep pulling in more and more people and training them and it's cheaper than like a home-baked army yeah because you know it's all about the uh it's all about the numbers versus the you know the skilled troops there's a great there's a great joke about that in this exact scene where they're talking about how how the empire's new strategy is just to overwhelm with numbers and one of the bad batch says numbers aren't everything and then the lift doors open and there's like 20 troopers standing there and then they immediately shut the doors yeah. <laughs> because numbers mean a fucking lot yeah. in, in just an attrition battle, right? And so you can just keep pouring troops in if you don't care. Yeah, and I like the fact that, you know, that we called this, that it's like they don't, you know, they don't, uh, the Empire's in control now. They don't need super skilled soldiers. They just need, you know, well-armed thugs exactly. to keep the peace. Exactly. And yeah, we did talk about this several episodes ago about how an occupying army is different than an invading army. Mm-hmm. And you just need people to be loyal and terrible to keep a population in check rather than competent enough to execute a battle plan. When that guy in Haiti took control, he had his own like pretty much secret they, I guess they weren't secret police, but it's pretty much his own goon squad that just did terrible terrible things you know they weren't soldiers or anything but they were super loyal and they just did whatever they wanted stuff is broken bad in the base and there's a bunch of stuff being shot around and so to break up that action we 
smash smash cut back to the ship, and Wrecker is trying to take a nap, and Omega is being worrywart that the Bad Batch haven't checked in. She's worried that the Bad Batch is in trouble. It's a nice little break. We cut back to the base, and the Bad Batch is in trouble. Mm-hmm. They're facing wave after wave of troopers and commandos, and they're hard to stop. There's a there's a scene where they shoot the same commando like five or six times with a stun blast before he goes down. They're being pinned down. Gregor gets shot in the chest plate in his armor, and he survives. They they eventually retreat into a blast door, or behind a blast door into a control room. I do want to pause here for a second, because um, in my research for the episode, that that clone commander that took all those shots he's a reoccurring character his designation is rc 1262 and his nickname is scorch and he appeared in clone wars episodes um there was a there was a series of an arc of episodes where a jedi master named halsey and a and his padawan Knox were massacred were killed by savage oppress when he was when he was dooku's apprentice in order to lure the Jedi to a planet, in order to lure mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi to a planet. This apparently is the same character. Interesting. Three, three years later. Um, so I, I love that little detail when, when I realized that. So they figure out... So they're in this control room, and they figure out that all of the escape routes are blocked. Um, the base has been alerted to their presence. There's a thousand troopers there. They're not going to get out. So Tech suggests that they go out through the exhaust vent for the whole base... Um, Gregor says that the vent is halfway up the mountain. They could never survive the fall. Bad Batch say that they have a ship out there and they can just get in the exhaust vent, get to open sky and call their ship for a pickup. And so they move up into the exhaust vent and they start they start their escape through there. And Gregor gives a little bit more background at this point and says that he was brought there with a bunch of other commandos to sort of implement this training program, but once he got there, he realized he wanted to quit and not be part of this anymore, and that mm-hmm. quitting wasn't an option. And so then he became sort of a prisoner. Um, I assume it's like when you work on a classified project, then you tell the government, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and then and the government just sort of puts you in prison until the project is over. Not that that happens. So everybody's in this tunnel now, this exhaust tunnel, and then the Bad Batch call Wrecker and Omega for a pickup. Omega's super happy to hear from them. They fire up the ship, and they head to their location. And FYI, Omega's flying. Yeah, it means she must have learned all the technical specifications of the Havoc Marauder. It's good follow-up from the mm-hmm. previous previous discussion. I, I loved seeing her in the pilot seat. So the troopers eventually realize that the Bad Batch are escaping through the exhaust system, and they send troops up to stop them. Omega brings the ship in for a pickup, and there's a firefight in the exhaust tunnel. It's really a straight shot. It's tactically a terrible place to be caught, but this is their way out. Um, Tech and Gregor jump um, off of the exhaust sort of portal onto the ship's ramp. And then right after they do that, a bunch of air support shows up and starts attacking the Havoc Marauder. And they have to pull away. Omega can't hold it there. Tech is now on board and he takes control of the, sh- of the ship and they fly away. And Wrecker heads to the back guns. Now the ships that are pursuing them are V-Wings. Yeah, I noticed that. Fucking amazing. This is another thing that just got me super excited about this episode. B-Wings. So now we have a sort of a dogfight situation with all these B-Wings. And so Wrecker is manning the back cannons and he's doing fine. But the Havoc Marauder is taking a lot of fire and starts to lose power. Um, so like one of the engines starts to blink out. Omega uses Gonky, the power droid, to boost the ship's power. 
and that works, and the pursuit continues. Back in the tunnel, they're still in this firefight, and there's a great scene where one of the commandos gets gets out there, and they're sort of fighting the commando. And Hunter pushes the commando back into the the tunnel, and he gets shot by his own troops, <laughs> and then sort of falls off the cliff. Tech pulls the ship back up to the tunnel. Echo jumps on board, and then when then when Hunter jumps, the Havoc Martyr sort of rocks because they get shot at by some of the air support. And Hunter misses the ramp and falls down the cliff. He hits a bunch of trees or tree branches on the way down to sort of slow his fall. A pretty rough fall. Because these, like, it's not like um, the, the mountains aren't like just, they're not just mountains going like slowly up. They're just like nothing and then just pretty much straight up. So who knows how far he actually fell. Yeah, it's not cl- it's not clear to me how far he fell. And he was like using his knife at one point to slow himself down. Or to try to like like set a pick to help himself, but he falls for a while, and he sort of lands on the ground. When he first hits the ground, he's not moving. So Tech says over the radio that that they're taking too much fire again, and they're losing power and critical systems for the ship. Hunter sort of stirs awake, but one of those like clone trooper transport ships have landed, and there's a bunch of troops on the uh, offloading, and he's surrounded. Mm-hmm. Before he's captured, Hunter radios the ship to get out of there and leave him behind. Tech argues briefly, but Hunter basically says, that's a direct order, do it. Mm-hmm. They, and they they go straight up, right? They're trying to get out of Atmo. And this, this part's upsetting to me both times I watched it today. Omega pretty much loses it. And starts screaming that they can't leave Hunter behind. She gets on the comm and demands Hunter issue a different order, telling them to go back to get him. Hunter says he can't do that because by this point there's 50 troops surrounding him. Mm-hmm. Havoc Marauder clears the atmosphere and jumps into hyperspace, leaving the pursuing V-Wings behind, Hunter behind as well. At this point, the show cuts back to Camino, and Rampart goes in to talk to the Prime Minister Lama Su. He tells Lama Su that one of his scientists, Nala Se, was gathering medical personnel to flee Camino, and how disappointed he is in this. The <laughs> Prime Minister feigns surprise and says that he'll punish her, but I think it's just over at this point. Yeah. Rampart says a scientist is useful, but a politician is not. A bunch of clone troopers enter the room and surround Lama Su. The door closes as Rampart leaves. Presumably, Lama Su is dead. No. Yeah, yeah. These are actually um, these look like um, the troops directly under Crosshair's command. Yeah, they were wearing dark. You're right. They're wearing the black uniforms. These are the elite squad um, troopers. At least they they're dressed the same. So this is this is it. This is the other thing we predicted that the Kaminoans are going to get wiped out, or or end up in some sort of like servitude. You know, it would explain why you never really hear about them ever again. I was trying to think of. Other instances post Clone Wars where I've heard of Kaminoan, and the only instance I could think of, and I didn't look it up in Wikipedia, was the Flight of the Falcon young adult novels. There is a there is a scientist who's a Kaminoan develops a bioweapon in one of those books, and it, it's it's the Lando book, so it's sort of the time of Solo, mm-hmm. which is sort of in between episode three and episode four 
Um, but yeah, that we don't hear about them at all. So let's get back to the show real quick because there's a huge finale. Um, so now Hunter is in the cell that we saw Gregor in earlier. And a trooper shows up and Hunter says, I figured you would show up. The trooper removes his helmet, revealing that it's Crosshair. And Crosshair says, I was hoping for the whole squad, but you'll do. The end. We're already at a long recording. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to we're gonna keep it on track. Um, why don't you give me your top line feeling about the episode? I thought it was great. It was just filled with, you know, great information about, you know, what, you know, this is kind of what we've been expecting for a while. There, There's no, like, spots where I was just kind of like, oh, come on. You know, everything, it was just written really well. And it just moved. It, it ended, I did not expect it to end with Hunter being captured. You know, just that last second where he, you know, he failed to to, um, to make it onto the ship and ends up captured. And then he's telling everybody to leave him. That was very, um, yeah, that was, that was hard to watch a little bit because, you know, um, while they're technically all her brothers, she kind of sees Hunter more as her dad. It's it's the one character that is pretty unforgivable to leave behind. Like, he's clearly the commander of the the crew. Like he's he's basically the authority, and you you leave him behind when he has the closest relationship, the closest like parental relationship with Omega, and is the one that makes the decision for the whole team. It's going to be interesting to view their dynamic without him. Yeah, and I didn't think about it until you're until you were. Um going through it that i didn't think that well they've got gregor now and you know and maybe rex will come back and rex yeah exactly we could so, get rex so the so i'm guessing you know it's going to be a th- the last episodes will be a three-parter you know you know because um, there's a lot of unanswered questions about like omega the kaminoans hunter crosshair you know rex rex and gregor and like and like eventually wolf yeah so with with for our discussion, I would like to start out by talking about Omega real quick. Mm-hmm. With the Prime Minister dead, Lama Su, he's the one that was sending, like, he was the one that sent the Cad Bane to basically kill her and recover her genetic material. Mm-hmm. So with him dead and Nala Se being alive, she was the one protecting her. Mm-hmm. She's safe now, right? Like the right. Empire doesn't give a shit about her. Yeah. And so now now Omega is completely safe. And so this this really changes the trajectory of the show entirely. Because it's because the show is basically like we got to protect we have to protect Omega. And now Omega's not in danger. They don't they don't necessarily know this yet, but presumably they'll figure it out. The, on my second watch I was like, "Holy shit, this completely changes the trajectory of the show." Like his his yeah. his assassination or whatever you want to call it, destruction of the Kaminoan government means that Omega is now safe, and the Bad Batch's mission to protect Omega is over. So you gotta wonder what's the overall kind of like story of this season, or you know, if this is just it. You know, what is what was the purpose? Originally, it seemed like there's maybe everything with Omega was a red herring. Is it really about like what happens to the clones? I think we're definitely on the trajectory for that path with the TK reveal and um, Gregor's defection and whatever the hell Rex is running from right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they're gathering up all of the clone troopers to put them in a meat grinder at this point. <laughs> because why wouldn't they? After after Hauser's impassioned speech in the Ryloth episode where he got half of, half of the platoon to sort of 
take his side. We talked about that being the liability for the Empire. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're, they went out to Kamino and they're like, get all of the clones on the ships. And the little kids are like, oh, are we still going to be soldiers? <laughs> and Nala says, like, of course you're going to be soldiers. But no, they're just going to be shot in the back. Right? Yeah. This is like 1984 shit, right? They, they have to shore up the facility right they have to shore up like their their support they're gonna kill these kids because they can't be trusted i think that like i think like the kid like the kids and like the the later ones will be just indoctrinated fully into you know imperial service you know maybe the kids are the ones that we see as like in other medias as like the guard Imperial guards, or or the stormtrooper that you know, like Vader berates uh, in Tarkin. Yeah, so we do see clones in other media, older, right? We see mm-hmm. they're in Tarkin, they're in. I think there's Dark Lord of the Sith. Some of the clones that they're with, some of the the troopers they're with are clones on um, Ryloth, and but they're few and far between, right? And these mm-hmm. are these are clones that are. They're loyal to say like Vader or loyal to Tarkin, but yeah, I think I think for the most part they're going to be decommissioned. And, yeah, and it seems like War Mantle is is the future here. Now I know we've mentioned it on previous episodes, but War Mantle was one of the projects that Jyn Erso read off in on Scarif when they're looking for Stardust. So I just want to wanted to re oh. reemphasize that. Oh yeah. And what then makes you wonder, though, like, are, why are are the, were the clones programmed to just help them? You know, uh, because they know they're being replaced, but they're just so obedient they just do whatever they're told. These guys are going to replace you, and we'll probably just, you know, if you're lucky, you know, you'll get to be one. Yeah. Now that you mentioned, it, it's like, yeah, why, why, why would they keep them? They, they, or they would just keep them around as long as they're useful, and then just, you know, retire them, killing them. That just seems much. Because they're not like altruistic, like, like well, here's your pension. Yeah, I mean the only the only piece of evidence we have contrary to that is when in Rebels when Kanan shows up to meet up with Rex. Um, I can't remember which one of them turns turns them in. It might be Gregor. I, th- I think it's I think it's Wolf. Wolf. Okay. Yeah. So Wolf contacts them, and then the Empire is like some decommissioned clone unit reported a Jedi sighting, and it's like, yeah. okay, so you're aware that there are clones out there, mm-hmm. and so so that's that's the one piece of evidence that they're not just sending the meat grinder, but it very much to me feels like they're sending them to the meat grinder in this episode. Yeah, I don't, man, I don't know. They, they give them like the couple acres and a mule, and just like thanks, you know, like thanks. You got it from here. My impression of this episode is I loved it. And I only got to watch it twice today. Um, but I'm 100% going to rewatch it. I I love this episode. It, mm-hmm. it was, it's obviously leading into a big finale. And might as well consider the finale a three-part episode right now. Because Hunter's captured. He's back with Crosshair. Who knows what they're going to fucking do to him. But Crosshair wants all of them back. He wants Tech and Wrecker at minimum, mm-hmm. if not Tech Wrecker, um, Echo and Omega as well. But he definitely wants the four of them back together. We're on the trajectory for the finale that I was hoping for. With the resolution of Omega's danger, though, 
I fear we're not going to get a second season. I do want a second season. I put a poll on our Facebook, or sorry, on our Twitter feed about whether or not we needed a second season. I think 82% of the people said we did, um, and 18% said we didn't. I'm definitely in that 82% that thinks we need it. Yeah, I want to see more, but I mean, I have to like, um, until I know what happens these last couple episodes, you know. I mean, they could tie it up well. And then be like, well, you know, having another season would just be, you know, cash grab at this point. But, you know, maybe there is a lot more for them to do, you know. You know, they maybe, you know, the second season is not them as they are now. Maybe it's something completely different. So I want to be clear. I want a second season because I I always want more Star Wars content. And I'm enjoying Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying this series. I think there's a lot you can still do if you're going to if you're going to end it like this with. They can probably wrap it up in two episodes, but they have to do it in a way that's satisfactory to like leave Omega, make it make it possible that Omega shows up in Book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. okay? like make her make her a crossover character into live action. The way they left this episode, I basically think they should have ended it with Omega saying, "You have something I want. <laughs> you may think you have some idea what you are in possession of, but you do not." Right, it's it's the it's the pattern that now a beloved character has been kidnapped by the Empire, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be reductive. I'm just trying to point out that that we've been here before, and we we probably know how it's going to end. The question is 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 how how do we exit this series in like a satisfactory way? Man, I don't know because they're kind of playing to that redemption arc for Crosshair. Yeah, he's, I mean, Laz- he's Lazarus, where he needs to rise from the dead, right? He needs to completely reinvent himself to come back. Does you mean does he want them because he wants to kill them, or does he want them because he misses them and wants them to be a team again? Hmm, I hadn't considered that. I assume that he's still under the thrall of his chip. Yeah, and then what's he? You know, are they gonna talk about like you know, is Hunter gonna be like, yeah, you know, there's a chip in your head. We had ours removed. You know, Wrecker went crazy tried to kill all of us i sort of consider it like an alcoholic like if you believe that addiction causes people to do things that they wouldn't normally do he's not responsible for his actions when he's under the thrall of the chip so if you were to remove the chip you get back just the regular asshole that crosshair was before he had the chip (laughs) yeah he was not a likable character before he got the chip he was by far the most most aggressive character in the group but but as an ensemble, it worked. You can you can sort of deprogram him and have this redemption piece, but we have to acknowledge that he was sort of a jackass before that too. To answer your question, I, I just I can't at least not at least not now because it because it may never be you know we ne- may never get you know the thing the ending that we want or I I know we won't. Yeah, I highly doubt we will. So there's just so many questions with the clones that I just like if I could get them at least halfway answered. You know, my imagination can fill in the rest, or some other media could. Maybe the second season is them like rescuing clones. I don't, or deprogramming clones, or something. I don't, I don't know. So a long time ago, in some episode we talked about, we talked about things that we would want made into movies. And one of them, I said that it would be fun to see a bunch of clones who were felt guilty about killing Jedi seeking out survivors of order 66 to be to lose in battle to them basically mm-hmm. sacrificing themselves to these jedi for revenge um we're pretty far away from that i love that idea for a movie or a tv show 
We're pretty far away from that. I'm I'm now I want a second season because I want more Star Wars, but I think they're probably going to wrap it up. And I'd be fine with that, right? This is basically we we joked about the last season of Clone Wars earlier. I think that was the second last season of Clone Wars with the Yoda arc in it. We ended up getting mm-hmm. two more last seasons of Clone Wars. And now this is sort of the third or fourth last season of Clone Wars. Yeah, this is the this is the epilogue. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. It's the epilogue of Clone Wars. I would not be surprised if they wrap it up and Omega and Hunter and Wrecker just ride off into the sunset at the end. Never be heard of again in any Star Wars media from a practical point of view. Maybe we'll get a book or a comic later. But there's lots of lots of open-ended stories in Star Wars, mm-hmm. and that's not what I hate about Star Wars. I love that there's a huge universe of unfinished stories that we can grab onto. Um, so we should probably wrap it up. And we have two more episodes to discuss and a wrap-up episode we're going to do um, on the whole season or whole season one of um, Bad Batch. Okay, yeah. So now we're going to do our patented uh, rating system. How we rate episodes is we rate them by a character. So a really good episode would be an original trilogy character like a Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, Darth Vader, you know, etc. A really bad episode would be a. I was gonna say no. I was gonna say oh, the droid that helps them assemble lightsabers, but eh, he still has a purpose. Professor Huang. <laughs> The, the really annoying um, warden from the the, the Citadel uh, in the Clone oh, Wars. Shit, what's, what the fuck's his name? Yeah. yeah he's, he's got that crazy voice, like that Christopher Walken delivery. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Because <laughs> uh, <so> I, <laughs> I cannot stand him. I cannot stand that character. So, Matt, what do you... What would you give this? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a Rex. A Rex? <sighs> okay. I... This is... This is as close to closure as we've come in this series right now. I first of all, I want to know what Rex was, what was going on with Rex when he was on the hologram. So Rex is like top of my mind, but Rex is a Rex is a critical character for this era, and we we're seeing him evolve in real time. I love this episode. I think it's critical for the development of the plot at this point. And yeah, it's a Rex for me. What what character do you pick to exemplify this episode? This is really hard because just from start to finish, it was just great and on on target. So and, and it just left me with kind of that that kind of that oh you know feeling you know that and you know at the end of Empire when like they you know the heroes lose they escape but they leave you know one of the most important people behind. That's so, great. That's a great parallel. I hadn't thought of that. I'll, I will give this. Um, I'll give this a Lando. Nice, like a like an Empire Strikes Back Lando. Yeah. No, a a a, 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 uh, a last shot Lando. Or they, you know, <laughs> they talk. They talk about the bulge in his pants. Oh, we're gonna. I'm yeah. gonna get. I'm gonna get him on the show. And uh, Daniel Jose Alder. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna work as hard as I can to get him on the show, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to him. This is my this is my Oprah um, vision board thing. I'm gonna get Jose Daniel Older uh, on the show, and <laughs> and we're gonna talk about um, last shot. 
Yeah, like you, you get a Twilight sex scene, you get a Twilight sex scene, you get a Twilight sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's fucking cool. You, you know what? He probably is. I I shouldn't shit at him as much as I do, but no. But it sounds it sounds like Lando's a great pick, and I know you love the character Lando, so um, it it underscores how much you love the episode. I could uh, could you see um, the end? The end of the last episode being like um, Rex and Wolf buying a buying an old walker, like an old ATTE walker. Yeah, that could be a satisfying ending. Uh, they end up on that shitty planet, though. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm going to stop expecting what the ending is going to be because there's there clearly there's clearly a lot of thought being put into this show and a lot of a lot of consideration. And overall, the first 14 episodes, I would give the show an A. Oh, me too. I fucking love that we got a little bit more Clone Wars. And it's it's like the Solo movie, right? I think we talked about the Solo movie between you and I when it was coming out. And I was like, I don't think I need a Solo backstory. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, I guess I did need that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty much the same way with this show. Like, I don't think I need to know... I don't think I need to follow around a clone of or a, a group of defunct clone troopers um, and see their adventures post Order sixty six. I was wrong. I, I absolutely needed this, and and wherever we go, I'm on board. So let's finish it out. Two more weeks. Um, that's two more episode recordings for us, and then a wrap up, and then we'll see what we get after that. Thanks for listening. Be, you know, be sure to. Um... You know, tell a friend or, you know, a coworker, you know, anybody you know who is bananas about Star Wars that, you know, that there's a podcast about two guys talking about Star Wars and hopefully you find us funny and uh, entertaining. And, uh, you know, if you don't, you know, be sure to tell somebody you hate about it because it would just really piss them off. All right. So we will be back um, within uh, the uh, second to last episode of season one of Bad Batch. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da 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 da